New Zealand sisters Felicity and Teresa Whale from Tauranga learned to play Paraguayan harp in Paraguay. The Paraguayan harp is the national musical instrument in Paraguay. Their music, Pajaro Campana, translated into English, means bellbird, which is the national bird of Paraguay. Welcome to Wayscan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Miami. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 579 for release on Sunday, March 29th, 2020, which is, by the way, the first day of the A20 broadcast season. On Wayscan today, the early radio scene in South American Paraguay. Day one. HFCC conference in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, Radio Marti in DRM, the Italian Radio Unites. Well, just two weeks back, we completed our mini-series of nine topics regarding the radio scene in the South American country of Uruguay. In our program today, we move over to the other country in South America with a similar name, not Uruguay, but rather Paraguay. Here's Ray Robinson with more on Paraguay. Thanks, Jeff. The small independent nation of Paraguay is surrounded by Argentina, Brazil and Bolivia, and it's the smaller of the two landlocked countries in South America. Larger Bolivia is the other. The country is 600 miles long and 200 miles wide, and it's shaped almost like the capital letter S in the English alphabet. The names of the two countries, Paraguay and Uruguay, are derived from the Paraguay River system, parts of which flow through them both, which in turn was named from the original inhabitants, the tribal Guarani people. Their language is still spoken by the majority of the local population in both countries. In Paraguay itself, the Paraguay River separates the grassy plain and low hills in the east from the marshy plains in the west. The Spanish conquistadors arrived in 1524, and the first settlement was established by Juan de Salazar de Espinosa at what became the capital city, Asuncion, on August 15, 1537, just 13 years later. Paraguay declared independence from Spain in 1811, and 31 years after that, this political move was recognised by Spain. Paraguay has suffered more than its share of internal and external warfare, though these days local productivity has grown and, interestingly, locally generated hydroelectric power is now exported to neighbouring countries. In addition to their own indigenous peoples with their two official languages, Guarani and Spanish, there are several foreign communities in Paraguay, including Japanese, Italian, Portuguese and German. Strangely, there's also an Australian community living in Paraguay, 
a community that was originally established at a location near Villarica, some 75 miles southeast of Asuncion, in 1893. Led by English-born William Lane, a disaffected politician and utopian resident in Australia, a group of 238 people, mostly men and children, settled upon a tract of land measuring 185,000 acres that was made available to them by the government of Paraguay. Within a couple more years, an influx of additional migrants came in from Australia, and the original commune, known as New Australia, broke up, and formed another commune known as Cosme. These days, neither of these communities still exists, though some 2,000 people in Paraguay claim that they're descended from the original settlers, and they do speak English with an Australian accent, even including the usage of some Australian slang terminology. It was some time back during the mid-1920s that an international radio communication facility was installed at Asuncion in Paraguay. It was a low-powered station, and at least two call signs were allocated, ZPR and ZPZ. However, during the year 1935, there was an important radio congress in Buenos Aires, Argentina, in which many South American countries participated. This radio congress was conducted for the purpose of coordinating the radio scene throughout the entire South American continent, both the internal radio broadcasting scene as well as the international radio scene, for communication and for broadcasting. Paraguay was a participant in this 1935 Buenos Aires Radio Congress, and that's when radio broadcasting finally came to this small landlocked independent country. Call signs were issued for both medium wave and short wave stations, and these consisted of the two initial letters ZP followed by a number. The December 1935 issue of the radio magazine Shortwave Listener presents a photograph of the shortwave radio equipment at what is described as the leading medium wave station in Asuncion, Paraguay. The shortwave station was licensed as ZP10 with 15 kilowatts on 8220 kHz, and when in use as an amateur station, the official call was ZP2AC. The shortwave equipment was installed in the private home of the station owner, Artazar Hermanos. Programming for shortwave ZP10 was a relay of the medium wave station which was installed at a commercial location. The medium wave station was licensed as ZP1, the first radio broadcasting station in Paraguay, with 1 kilowatt on 1135 kHz. During the following year, 1936, Station listings show medium wave and short wave stations with call signs numerically up to ZP15. However, during the next year again, 1937, Jerome Berg informs us in one of his splendid historical compilations under the title The Early Shortwave Stations that Radio Villarica was the only shortwave station in Paraguay then on the air. Radio Villarica ZP14 or Radio Cultura or La Voz del Corazón en Sudamérica, as it was identified, was located at Villarica, a small regional city in the south of Paraguay, about 100 miles southeast of the capital city, Asuncion. Programming for this regional shortwave station was from the medium wave station Radio Nacional ZP4, with 45 watts on 736 kHz. In its first three years of operation, 
shortwave ZP-14 in Via Rica received 35,000 reception reports from almost everywhere, including Australia and New Zealand. In 1939, a new 2 kW transmitter was installed at Radio Via Rica, with a new shortwave channel, 11720 kHz. Four years later, in 1943, this shortwave station was transferred from Via Rica to the capital city area itself, Asuncion. Back during this same pre-war era, there was another shortwave station on the air in another regional city in Paraguay, and this was Radio Panamerica ZPA6 in Encarnacion, right at the very southern edge of Paraguay at the border with Argentina. Interestingly, this station in Paraguay was taking a program relay from Radio Belgrano, LRY, in Buenos Aires, in neighbouring Argentina. During the year 1943, there were just three shortwave stations listed for Paraguay, now with the recently modified call signs, and these were Radio Nacional, ZPA1, in Asuncion, on 6265 kHz with 3 kilowatts, Radio Teleco, ZPA3, also in Asuncion, on 11870 kHz with 1 kilowatt, and Radio Encarnacion, ZPA5, in Encarnacion, on 11950 kHz with 5 kilowatts. And we'll have more about the radio scene in Paraguay in a future edition. For now, back to you, Jeff. The last few weeks on WaveScan, we have begun our reporting about the recent HFCC shortwave frequency coordination meeting in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. We began with a preview of the conference, and today Jerry Plummer of WWCR and I look at day one of the week-long meeting that took place from February 24th to 28th. Well, Jerry, we've just ended the the first day of the conference mm-hmm. here in uh, Kuala Lumpur, right. Right. and uh, the day began with. Uh, as it usually does. Actually, it began with a safety briefing from the hotel. Now, that's that's the first time I've been around one of those. Yes, yeah. and they, they talked about, of course, the sanitary measures that mm-hmm. are being taken right. because of the virus and so on. Although, there really haven't been any serious problems no, here in Malaysia. Not, not really, no. Um, but, uh, but that was first on the agenda, and then, and then we went into uh, opening remarks. We did, as um, is typical, where we're the, for lack of a better word, the visit, the dignitaries from the local uh, areas, in, in this case, uh, uh, we're, we're the first to present, or to, to, to address the group. And then, of course, you, you know, you come right after that. Well, the, but the, the first one was uh, Nadim, yes. uh, Ahmed Nadim, who is the, uh, um, basically the, the head honcho here at right. the uh, Asia-Pacific Broadcasting Union, yeah, yeah. HFC group. And uh, he gave a, a warm welcome to all of the delegates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Uh, he's he's been here uh, each time I've been at KL. I believe he's been here. You mm-hmm. know, so he's been been around a while. Uh, he was uh, uh, a good short speech, and he welcomed everybody. And then and he pointed out, uh, I think you'll agree, pointed out that shortwave still has a a future. Uh, he said it's still the least expensive uh, method of uh, communication of any of those, and still sees a future in it as we do. We, we feel that way. Good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome. My name is Nadim. I'm from the Asia Pacific Broadcasting Union. Uh, this morning, we are delighted to invite you to this conference as well as the city of Kuala Lumpur. Uh, 
uh, we understand it's a difficult time for everyone uh, given the situation but uh, you all being here shows the dedication of you and your organization in this process which is very very important for us just like other broadcasters i think uh, the whole of shortwave broadcasting is also facing challenges during this time with the growing increase of broadband and penetration of internet internet and mobile devices the way content is consumed has drastically changed and it is going through changes still although we have to note that shortwave as well as broadcasting as a whole still remains the most efficient and effective means to disseminate information to the masses we we cannot overlook the changes that are going through but i think we can work together to improve uh, the way we provide content to our audiences the key benefits of shortwave and the unique features have not changed and these will still remain our strengths of this medium and we need to work together on our strengths collaborate and make content and disseminate content to the audiences who still rely on this special medium for their dose of entertainment and we are happy that many organizations are still working in this direction with that uh, i wish you all the best with your coordination and a pleasant stay here in kuala lumpur thank you, you nadim uh, salamat pagi I think that's uh, good morning, yes, good morning. In, uh, in Malaysian, uh, and welcome to the A20 Global Coordination Conference here in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Uh, first of all, I want to thank our colleagues at RTC in China uh, for all of their hard work organizing what was supposed to be this conference in, in Hainan, China. Uh, we're all too aware of the coronavirus situation that caused that meeting to be canceled. And we hope that RTC will be able to host a future conference when things get back to normal. Uh, because of that crisis, and in consideration of the health and safety of everyone here, our RTC colleagues informed us that they would unfortunately not be able to attend this meeting, uh, but they have promised to carry out frequency coordination activities by email this week. Uh, and now I want to thank uh, Nadim and Shri and Hamida and everyone here at the Asia Pacific Broadcasting Union uh, for offering so quickly to uh, host the A20 conference and for so quickly finding a hotel uh, where we could hold it and making all the necessary arrangements. Uh, uh, we know that you have another very important digital broadcasting conference next week here in KL. So uh, we appreciate you being able to host this conference at the last minute and so close to your other meeting. We have had uh, several coordination conferences now here in, in Kuala Lumpur over the years. Um, we have, of course, a smaller than usual attendance uh, this time uh, due to the cancellation of Hainan. Um, everyone had to cancel their airline reservations and hotel reservations and change the dates when they would be out of the office and, and make new travel arrangements to be here in KL. Uh, some people were able to do that and uh, others were not. Uh, and honestly, some colleagues indicated that they were still uneasy about the idea of traveling to anywhere in Asia uh, during the, the crisis, even if uh, Malaysia has not had many cases here. Uh, so we're, we're taking extra sanitary measures at this conference uh, just to be on the safe side. During the next week, we'll be carrying out our usual frequency coordination work and trying to eliminate as many collisions as possible. Uh, that job may be a bit more difficult this time because of the reduced attendance, but uh, 
I'm sure we'll all be working together with everyone here and with our other colleagues who've indicated that they will be available by email for coordination activities. And I hope that everyone will be able to enjoy the traditional Malaysian hospitality and cuisine as well. So thank you again to uh, ABU and uh, we wish everyone a successful week of coordination uh, here in KL. Well, and then that was me <laughs> speaking right, the, right. Yeah, the well, opening. That, that, that was a pretty good, pretty, good, uh, uh, pretty good performance I think you did there. <laughs> and we actually, uh, compared to a lot of times, uh, we were able to start coordinating a bit early. Uh, uh, you know, we typically, it takes about an hour on a lot of these to get started, but uh, since we didn't have any people coming in and then leaving immediately in a, an exodus, we were able to start um, uh, immediately. Jerry Plummer of WWCR speaking with me there in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Next week, we'll continue with our analysis of day one of the HFCC Global Coordination Conference. March 29th, by the way, is the beginning of the A20 broadcast season. Many shortwave stations will be changing frequencies and schedules as of today, so if you don't find them where you regularly listen to them, tune around the bands a bit, check an hour earlier or later, or consult the station's website for schedule information. For the past several weeks, engineers at the U.S. Agency for Global Media transmitter site in Greenville, North Carolina, have been experimenting with a new transmission in the digital DRM mode. They report that they had a lot of initial response, but it has tapered off a bit now. They're using a 50 kilowatt PEP transmitter, which gives a 5 kilowatt average DRM power. The antenna is aerobic, beamed 174 degrees to Cuba. Reception reports have been received from Florida, the Dominican Republic, and Colombia, among other locations. The broadcast is on daily from 1700 to 0200 UTC on 7345 kHz. The programming is Radio Marti in Spanish. I tuned it in the other day using a remote SDR receiver in North Florida in DRM mode. And here's what it sounded like. Comunicate con nosotros. QuereresPoderMarti.com QuereresPoderMarti.com Punto com. Para responder a tus preguntas, para que te dé algún consejo sobre los temas que eh, te afectan o te inquietan, de los cuales quieres saber aquí en el programa. That's Radio Marti, on daily now from 1700 to 0200 UTC, in DRM digital mode, on the frequency of 7345 kHz. In Italy, radio stations are uniting against the coronavirus. Italy's Rai Radio 1 even has a coronavirus and quarantine jingle. Ed è sempre, sempre, proprio sempre, sempre un giorno da pecora, caro mio simpatico Lauro, su Radio 1 e cara la mia simpatica J.P. Cucciari. And on March 20th at 11 a.m. local time, dozens of major radio stations around the country transmitted a simultaneous rendition of the Italian national anthem and other patriotic songs.
From Italy now, we go to India. Our editor, Adrian Peterson, forwards a message from Alukesh Gupta in India, who says that all international shortwave transmissions from All India Radio are now closed. On the 22nd of March, the government of India announced a complete lockdown in 75 cities all across India, up to the 31st of March, in a bid to contain the further spread of the COVID-19 virus. It's an unprecedented situation, wherein, except for essential services, all shops, offices, factories are closed and prohibitory orders issued for the general public. In view of this, the following orders have been issued with immediate effect across all stations of All India Radio. The national spectrum of broadcast will be limited to the Vivid Bharati service, originated from VBS Mumbai, and news services originating from AIR Delhi. Regional services can relay content related to the above, with local news subject to feasibility. All national programs of spoken word, music, sports, and other categories stand cancelled till further orders. All other services of All India Radio stand in abeyance until further orders. All external service division services and all transmitters dedicated to the external services division stand suspended with immediate effect. That means no shortwave. And all pure DRM mode transmissions have been suspended. DRM transmitters may be operated on analog or simulcast mode to relay the national news service subject to local circumstances and conditions. And that from Alakesh Gupta in New Delhi. Ray Robinson sends us the following item from Economy Next in Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka will turn the building of a former Voice of America relay station into a COVID-19 hospital as part of efforts to accommodate an increase in patients, according to a high-level task force that drives coronavirus control activities in the country. Sri Lanka has designated 18 hospitals to accept COVID-19 patients, but most of the confirmed patients were treated at the main infectious disease hospital in Colombo. Sri Lanka is turning decommissioned Voice of America facilities into a COVID-19 treatment center with the help of the military, a statement from the anti-COVID-19 task force indicated. The Voice of America relay station in Iranawila was built under heavy opposition from the Catholic Church. The VOA paid rent for the land and handed over facilities free of charge to the government. VOA also handed over its old transmitters in Ekola and the land to the government when the new railway station was built. And as we're beginning the A20 broadcast season today, let me give you the new schedule, the A20 schedule for AWR WaveScan transmissions from AWR facilities. At 1600 UTC Sunday, there's a transmission from Yerevan of WaveScan beamed primarily to South India on 9490 kilohertz. At the same time, 1600 to 1630 UTC from Madagascar, a wave scan is on to central India on 15605 kilohertz. 1530 to 1600 UTC, transmission of wave scan from Nauen in Germany. Uh, uh, this is going to Nepal and Tibet on 15670 kilohertz. And from KSDA in Guam, 
2200 to 2230 UTC, all of these on Sunday, wave scan to Western Indonesia on 12040 kilohertz. We end WaveScan today with music from Cambodia. Right after the HFCC conference in Malaysia, I had a chance to spend a few days in Cambodia and found a wonderful store selling CDs, which are often hard to find nowadays, Uh, CDs of uh, traditional music from various countries. Well, I found a store that had CDs of uh, traditional Cambodian music. That's what we're listening to now. And that's how we end WaveScan today. Thank you for listening to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson. Next week, we return to the radio scene in Greenland. And we also uh, continue with our reports from HFCC in Malaysia and our Japan DX report. Several QSL cards are available for WaveScan. Send your AS, your AWR and KSDA reception reports for this program to the AWR address in Bangkok, Thailand, and also to the station your radio is tuned to, WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa, or to IRRS Italy, or to the AWR relay stations that carry WaveScan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air here in the program. They will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. The email address for AWR QSLs is qsl at awr.org. The postal address for AWR QSLs is Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, that's P-R-A-K-A-N-O-N-G, Prakanong, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. Once again, that's Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. And the email address for other correspondence to WaveScan, other than reception reports, is WaveScan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI in Miami. Till next time, good listening, everyone.